0: first step would be to notice where are you on this spectrum? Is it a sense of overwhelm that's kind of triggering this nonstop anxiety where you're laying in bed at night and your brain is spiraling of everything you need to do? Or are you laying in bed at night and just exhausted and wanting to run away from it all? Mm -hmm. That's a great indicator as to how we can intervene. And like you mentioned, being logical about it. What is within your control what can you actually change right now and some of those things okay like you've mentioned so many times it's a matter of priority welcome to the weight loss for women podcast a place where we share everything you need to know about restoring your metabolism so you can eat more train less and lose weight in a healthy and sustainable way
1: I'm Kitty Bloomfield, co-founder of New Strength and Saturate, creator of Pro-Metabolic Food Supplements and Seriously Saturated Skincare. And today we've got our friend Teresa back on the podcast. We just love Teresa. Anyone (laughs) who works with her or knows her, loves her. She's amazing. Thanks, Kitty. She's been on the the podcast how many times now? Before?
0: You know, I think this is my fourth. Four.
1: Four. Yeah, we did the group one
0: with Craig and with Greta.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And we've done. Yeah. So go back and have a listen to her podcast. Um, and maybe just before we jump into it, just do you want to tell people a little bit more about like who you are and what you do? Just give them a bit yeah. of context. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So kind of at a high level, I mostly work with people with complicated stories of chronic illness and trauma and help them unwind what might be contributing to their symptoms. Because I think a lot of people, They get to the place where they're doing everything right. They've done all the protocols. They've seen all the practitioners. And something isn't shifting and their bodies are still reflecting sickness. And they get to the place where they realize that their stories and the thoughts that they have in their heads and how they speak to themselves, how they think about themselves is playing such a role. So my job as an EFT practitioner is to really help shift some of those, what we could call limiting belief, but really kind of like a stress-based story. And more often than not, they form very early in life. And we kind of move through life sleepwalking in the sense that we're just replaying these stories over and over and over again. And I'd say it's a good sign when you get to the place where you start to notice how stressful a thought is, because then we can actually intervene and start to shift it. And I think for a lot of people it's kind of that rock bottom place. Maybe they're just miserable. They are stressed out beyond belief or you know their marriage is falling apart. They wake up every day with a sense of dread and complete overwhelm. That's my favorite time to step in and work with someone because there's so much potential. We've been conditioned to think that we have to be a certain way or we have to do things a certain way, but Ultimately, you get to decide. And I think when people realize that and actually start integrating that, not only do they feel better, but their symptoms start to go away because so many of these kind of weird, complicated symptoms are merely reactions to stress. And they're so chronic that we don't even realize that we're kind of doing it to ourselves. Mm -hmm. So that's, I, I, I call it brain rewiring, just kind of under that umbrella. And EFT tapping is the main tool that I'm using, but more often than not, I I would actually argue all of the time, people know what they need. They just are waiting to give themselves permission to do it. And sometimes it's just that little nudge or reframing something in a certain way allows people to realize, oh, I can say no to this. Whoa, I can say yes to this. I can prioritize this. I can live my life this way. So yeah, that's kind of the simplified answer of that.
1: Go and check out. Uh, Living Roots Wellness is your Instagram. Hey, yeah. So follow. She posts. She actually posted really interesting um posts. I think it was a few days ago about um vitamin B three, which I thought was a cool post. Yeah, you know a lot of
0: my yeah, Mm. and I I talk about you know the nervous system and trauma and brain rewiring, but as you know, as our listeners know. A well-balanced and well-fed system is so much more resilient to stress. I mean, just on mm. a basic level of having balanced blood sugar, we react differently. Our window of tolerance is that much wider. So, so much of what I do is inspired by Dr. Ray Pete because I remember learning from him way back when that taking something like vitamin B3 or niacinamide can actually stop a panic attack in its tracks because of the way it shifts us back to glucose metabolism and creating carbon dioxide, which tends to be shut off when we're in the middle of a panic attack. So kind of working from both angles. I think as you've talked about on other podcasts, we can't pretend it's only nutrition and only training, but we also cannot pretend that it's only nervous system work. It's that beautiful synergy of realizing that you can tend to your body best by kind of looking at the whole
1: playing field and seeing what needs some work. Yeah. And it's, I, you know, like after, and Teresa was one of the people that helped us through this, the whole, and if you want to know more about the story, go back and listen to the bloody podcast we've done (laughs) on (laughs) it. Bore everyone with the whole story, but the whole TTC (laughs) journey, I feel like after that. I really became so hyper aware of when things weren't in alignment for me anymore in any area, like f- through physical symptoms. So, you know, the whole TTC journey is like doing everything, eating so much fucking food, taking all of the supplements, you know, pulling back the training, walking, getting sunshine every day. But I was so obsessed and stressed about it mm-hmm. that like, cause my stress hormones were elevated. Cause I guess your body doesn't realize the difference right between okay, I'm running from a fucking bear or like this, emo- this thing emotionally stressing me out. So for me, mm-hmm. it's always like, you know, the, the stress hormones right. so I start to pee more and more frequently mm-hmm. and wake up, n- wake up at night, wake up at night. Like it is. And it's so, and it sort of has annoyed me slightly because I'm like, fuck, I feel like I'm so now hypersensitive or aware of anything that's not right through those, it, that. Cause those symptoms come up for me. I'm like, okay, something's wrong. Um, And, you know, like recently, and I won't bore everyone with the details because Craig's like, you don't need to talk about our our entire life, always on the podcast, but recently (laughs) something that was just out of alignment with us. And, you know, I was trying to do something that didn't really feel quite right for me. And it was just this low level of anxiety. And then once Mm -hmm. I actually said to Craig, look, I just, I don't want to do this anymore. Like this is how I want to do things like this. It instantly Mm -hmm. went away. And And like, that's it. That's yeah. the
0: framework. It's like your your body was giving you the signs that you were forcing something. You were yeah. pushing something. And I would say your hyper-awareness of that now is such a gift from your TTC journey. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's kind of the essence of this work too. It's realizing that the symptoms you're experiencing are actually opportunities to then change things around. And as you're noticing now, when you get those symptoms, you make a change and things feel better. So if, mm. if, if it's that chronic kind of low level, yeah. yucky, stressed feeling, again, I see that as that doorway of, of looking at, okay, what's the, what's the teaching here? What's the opportunity? What yeah. if I don't need to push this thing that actually isn't meant for me?
1: Yeah. Cause I think, you know, like a lot of women that we work with, they can probably they resonate with this too, is, you know, like we help them with their training and nutrition, but that's just like we said, one part of it. And of course, like it's unreasonable to go that you live your life in a fucking bubble. And we're not saying that you need to build that stress resilience. And you can do that by there's lots of different things we talk about, like eating enough calories, getting the right nutrients in, balancing your blood sugar, you know, certain supplements, getting adequate sleep, doing some strength training, all those things. Let's just assume that you're doing all those things. Um, but I think, sometimes what stops women from making progress or like i've just described then those symptoms for me is something's like stress other stress like emotional stress um you know like you you're in a toxic relationship or maybe you're a mum who's just doing way too much you mm-hmm. know or something's not aligned and how that stress actually affects your body Um, Mm -hmm. and then, you know, whether or not you can actually change it. And then, uh, you know, we can talk about ways that potentially you can, like you said, reframe and not be so overwhelmed. And so maybe first of all, you could talk about Teresa, like the, um, the central nervous system.
0: Yeah. So especially in response to our thinking, and like you just mentioned, most of the stress we are undergoing, assuming that our foundation is solid, that we're sleeping, Mm. we're eating, we're getting movement. All of those things, if those are already in place and the body is still showing signs of unhappiness, we can start to look and see okay, are we in a hyper aroused state? Kind of that's when we see someone who's kind of anxious, really easily angered, kind of always on guard, always on edge, tense. These are the people that maybe find it difficult to sit still. And I mean, some people even that kind of compulsively train might. Might raise their hand right now listening like, yep, that's me. Like, I feel better when I'm training. And again, no shame here. Just noticing, okay, are you in that hyper aroused state? Do you always feel like you're going, 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 going? So that's one side of the story. If we look at someone who's more in a depleted state, to me, this says that they were maybe running in a state of chronically high stress. So their nervous system shifts them into a place of kind of down regulation. It's what's called dorsal vagal or a hypo aroused state. And those people might just feel kind of numb. Sometimes their voices are kind of monotone. They tend to feel more fatigued, unable to feel a sense of motivation, sometimes struggling to get up, even if they're, you know, maybe they slept really well, but feel exhausted in the morning. So starting there and noticing where on the spectrum are you? And different tools will be more appropriate depending on the state you're in. For example, if you're in a hyper-aroused state and you're completely overwhelmed by your kids and the house is a mess, and you're you haven't gone food shopping in a couple of days, and you know, you just got in a conflict with your husband and you're just you're at your wit's end. This is not the time to take an ice bath <laughs> because that's going to further push you into. Just that hyper aroused adrenaline fueled sympathetic state this would be the perfect time to slow down the exhale i know libby talks a lot about this but really physiologically speaking if we can slow down the exhale it turns on the same circuits that convinces the brain that we're in a relaxed state and i love that technique because we haven't changed anything about our lives the house is still a mess we're still upset at our husband Everything is going to shit, but our bodies have slowed down and get that sense of safety in real time. And what people might notice if they're listening right now, take a moment to slowly exhale, take a deep breath in and slow down the exhale as slow as possible. You might notice that you naturally want to soften your muscles. You naturally want to take deeper breaths. And then in looking at your messy house, it feels different. It feels more doable. And that is kind of a real-time example of widening that window of tolerance. Because when someone is dealing with a lot of stress, regardless of whether they're hyper hyper or hypo-aroused, they can easily be pushed to the point where they can no longer function. Something small happens. It could be the smallest little trigger, and they lose it or they shut down so taking a moment to really think of okay well what what is it that my body needs right now and really keeping it simple so shifting back to the more down regulated state if someone's exhausted they're burnt out they don't even have the energy to train they're kind of looking around their house and they're like well this is useless i'm not even going to try and clean this that's a time where we actually want to bring some more energy into the system to kind of boost it up. So one of my favorite techniques is actually just in that sense, movement, you know, Mm -hmm. getting up and moving your body and even shifting the posture, sitting up or standing with a little bit more confidence can then send different signals to the body of a wakefulness state. Mm -hmm. So I know those examples are kind of generalized and broad, but really the first step would be to notice, where are you on this spectrum? Is it a sense of overwhelm that's kind of triggering this nonstop anxiety where you're laying in bed at night and your brain is spiraling of everything you need to do? Or are you laying in bed at night and just exhausted and wanting to run away from it all? Mm -hmm. That's a great indicator as to how we can intervene. And like you mentioned, being logical about it. What? is within your control what can you actually change right now and some of those things okay like you've mentioned so many times it's a matter of priority what can you let go of
1: yeah and maybe yeah. It's about doing less than this it's just maybe think of an example with myself so like you know Craig and I towards the end of last year on holidays rested we just did doing a bit of reflecting reflection and like, what are we going to do next year? And one thing that we weren't very good at is we'd come downstairs and be straight on our phones and answer doing things while having breakfast. So we both agreed phones in the office at like whatever time at night, six 30, then we get up in the morning, get ready, have breakfast together. And then once we start work, we look at our phones. So we've been really good at doing that. And Craig has always played guitar and he has got three guitars, and he plays. But he's like, "Oh, look! I just feel like I to progress a bit more. I'd really like to get some lessons. So I'm gonna do do that, and I'm gonna get some lessons because I love guitar." And then I was like, No, well, maybe I need to have a hobby," you know, like thinking that I needed to have one just because he had one. And then I was thinking, "Oh, like um, maybe I'll do po- pole dancing uh, as a hobby." And <laughs> And so, but I don't know, I don't, I think I was just doing it because I was like, I need to do something to have a hobby because Craig's doing something and also to, I wanted to be a bit more sexy in the bedroom and that's another fucking story anyway, but this is, (laughs) so I, so I went and bought like signed up to this studio where we're at well, it's close to us, sorry, and um, I booked in on a Friday night, which probably was not that great either, because the end of the week and you're tired. And our business is <laughs> like this year, even last year, it was so full on. You know, like I'm starting work at seven, doing calls, doing saturated stuff, doing all the new stuff. So it's a it's a really bit bu- they're busy, full on days, um. Mm-hmm. And I was also training four days a week and I started training with a new coach. Like really, I wanted to push myself more and, you know, get strong and build more muscle. I mean, I've already got a lot of fucking muscle, but I just liked that challenge. Yeah. But after doing that for, you know, like whatever, it was eight weeks. And then I, so anyway, I rocked up to this class and it was just so hard. Like I was really tired and I actually left halfway through and sat in the car. I was nearly in tears. And then I wow. was thinking to myself, like, why are you so upset about this? And I think I was like. I can't do more. I can't add more to my already busy life. Like I'm already so busy and I just don't have the capacity. And I was like forcing myself to do it. And when I got home, I was having a chat to Craig and he's like, you don't need to do anything. He's like, are you happy doing what you're doing? I'm like, yeah. He's like, cause I walk a lot, go to the beach with the dogs, you know, like we work hard during the week, train in the weekends. will. you know, I just really enjoy, like I'm, ha- I was happy. And he's like, well, you don't feel like you have to do something just because Mm. I'm doing something. And after I'd made that decision to let it go, and then I actually thought about it more. I was like, you know what, why do I really want to, I'd like to push hard in training, but why have I got this idea that I need to have these certain strength goals? And I was like, it's your ego, Kitty. It's your ego because you, you know, it doesn't mean you can't enjoy training and push hard, but like maybe you should go back to training three days a week because that'll give you more time and you'll be less busy and like, training heavy and hard and like I was doing squats too and low bar back squats are really taxing but I just Mm -hmm. really enjoy them but they're really super taxing and so I sat there and thought about it and I was like you know what you've got heaps of muscle you're already strong you don't need to be so much stronger than you are you don't need so much more muscle it's just your ego let it go and I've actually pulled back to three days a week training now and taking the squats out of my program, it's like, okay, maybe now, maybe eventually you might decide to compete in powerlifting again, and you can commit a bit more time in it. Cause I've only got so much, a bucket that has so much energy. And yes. so if I'm training so hard, it pulls even with, even my recovery is good. I'm doing everything. It still sucks a lot of that energy. And I was yes. like, you know, I'm, I'm trying to do calls and I'm trying to like be creative and do content and it's too, it's too much. It's too much. So I actually decided to do less. And Mm -hmm. so I'm training three days a week, fucked off the bloody pole dancing. I'm like, and now I just feel so much better and happy. And I trained hard yesterday, but didn't do the barbell squat. Still train hard. Like I'm sore and it was hard, Mm -hmm. but I don't feel like it sucked so much of my energy. So I think that's a really good example of going, you know, like, do you really have to do it? Maybe sometimes the answer is to do less. And the
0: the bucket example or the bucket metaphor actually might be more easily understood than the window Mm -hmm. of tolerance, but that's exactly it because- Kitty, you are someone with a really full bucket. You do a lot. And back to the central nervous system, some of those more intense lifts, you know, the higher intensity, higher volume just are more taxing on the nervous system. Mm. We need more recovery. So adding more is actually counterproductive. It's taking away from our recovery. And the fact that you were able to, realize in that moment getting the signs from your body that exhaustion that overwhelm the sadness all of those things coming up beautiful because you're able to change what you're doing and be honest with yourself and i think when we're when we're feeling that i don't know what to call it it's like i want that too syndrome you know you see someone doing something you see craig with his hobby and our (laughs) brains think i want that too but if we can pause and think well What do I actually want out of this? And it's not like, you you know,
1: society too. I think sometimes, sorry to interrupt you, but like, you know, you watch shit on the internet, like, oh, you need to have work-life balance and you need to have like, you should have a hobby. And it's like, but why? Why? Like I was, I'm perfect. I feel balanced now, like being able to show up for work and doing, you know, the calls and learning, doing marketing things and training the three days a week. So it's like, do I really want to do it? Or is it just because I've been conditioned to think, That that's what I have to do to be happy.
0: And maybe both. Maybe there is a part of you that thinks, you know, if time weren't a factor here, pole dancing Mm. would be really fun. But then Mm. being honest and thinking, well, maybe I am, I feel better with keeping things in a certain, you know, in a certain bucket. Not Mm. to say that's, that could change with time, but Mm. moment to moment kind of checking in. I love that you had the end of the year check in and, and thinking about, okay, well, what is an alignment? What are things that I want? And if we can look at those things and think more about, well, what's the feeling that I'm after here? I mean, for you, when you signed up for the pole dancing, was there a certain feeling that you were seeking from that
1: activity specifically? Well, one part of it was I just really wanted to be a bit more sexy in the bedroom and like do mm-hmm. give Craig a bit of a lap dance. So I thought that... So. <laughs> I, thought that, I feel a bit awkward when I do it. I thought, oh, this will be a good, like, it'll help me learn a bit more movement. But then when I did it, I was like, no, this isn't going to fucking help me. Like probably unless we put a pole in the middle of the yeah. room, Well, you know, but then, then also to having that hobby <laughs> as well, like going, oh, like, you know, it just will. I don't, and I don't even know if balance is the right. Cause it's like, well, what the fuck is balance? You know, like I feel now that I've made the decision to not do that. And I've pulled back my training. I feel balanced. Like Mm -hmm. there's enough time in the day to focus and do things well. I can sleep. I can get my walks in. That makes me feel balanced and calm. If that makes sense. Yeah.
0: Oh, absolutely. And even flipping that around again, something in you wanted to feel that confidence and that sexiness in the bedroom. Mm. So if we think, well, what's the simplest way to get there? Forget the pole (laughs) dance classes for now and literally embody that confidence. And I think as you know, having, having, having a more relaxed nervous system will then allow us to be more playful and more intimate with our partners. So it is, like you said, doing less. And I think more and more people seem to be releasing this busyness culture. Mm. It used to be such a a badge of pride. People talked about how busy they were and how stressed they were and how much they're doing. And now I think there's kind of this mass awakening where people are like, yeah, I, you know, had a lovely breakfast in the sun with my dogs and it was just what I needed to feel balanced. So.
1: So maybe women could ask themselves like, what is it that I really want? Like not, and what is really going to make me happy? It's not what other people think or society thinks, or, you know, I don't know, mm -hmm. maybe they can ask themselves that question.
0: Yes. And it's flipping it and Danielle Laporte talks about this beautifully, but it's instead of thinking about what's the thing that we want,
1: Mm -hmm. starting
0: with the feeling. So you mentioned happiness. I like
1: that feeling. It's the feeling. How do you want to feel? Yeah, I want to feel like not tired all the time. You want to feel, you know, when I think about like doing more, if you're adding more, you feel tired. You know, you want to feel like Mm -hmm. I can go to bed and not feel stressed and have a good sleep and wake up. That feeling of just that. I know I keep saying balance, but I can't think of a better word where you just Mm -hmm. feel feel good and you've got steady energy, like that feeling of contentment or I don't know, like it's hard to describe.
0: Yeah. It's to me, that's like a balanced vitality where you have Mm. the energy to do the things you want to do. And you also have boundaries set up, Mm. but you're also taking moments to check in with yourself. So for someone listening who maybe fits into the category of just feeling completely Overwhelmed with their life. You know, they do have a lot on their plate. They're a busy mom. They're juggling a lot. They're constantly running errands, picking up their kids, squeezing in their training. Go, 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 go. If they were to ask their, themselves the question, how do I want to feel? Maybe they get a response like, I just want to feel relaxed. I just want to feel at peace. I just want to have a second to do nothing. That then lets us figure out well then what is what is it that you need? Is it a moment to really savor your morning coffee before the kids wake up? Is it sitting in your car for an extra two minutes after you've ran an errand just yes. to breathe just to slow down? Yes. So absolutely, doing less and really being honest how how is it that you can cultivate those feelings not by not by busying yourself, but by actually tuning in and checking in
1: Mm. and maybe like learning to say no, like you talked about saying no and setting boundaries Mm. is really important. Yes.
0: I mean, when we, when we think about the people pleasing tendency, Mm. going back early in life, somewhere along the way they learned that other people's needs are more important and maybe they're, they were celebrated or more loved by doing favors and always going out of their way. Who knows? I mean, sometimes it's even the way our parents treated us and we learn, okay, if I do it this way, then I get more attention from my parents. But then as adults, we might find ourselves overextending, always saying yes, always doing things out of fear of not being liked by our friends, out of fear of letting someone down, which comes from a really good place. You know, we want our friends to feel taken care of, but if we can simplify that and think, well, this whole time I've been deserting myself and I've been putting other people's needs, what would more balance look like? Mm. If I can say no to them in order to say yes to myself, then I can show up for them when I actually want to versus Mm. when I think I should, because I think there's a, it's kind of a gunky zone where people do things they think they should kind of Mm. like, I should have a hobby. Okay, back up maybe you shouldn't have a hobby. Let's, let's completely flip that around. Maybe it's time to have less on your plate.
1: Yeah. 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 And then, you know, um, potentially other like toxic relationships or, you know, like maybe a job that you hate really asking yourself, I know sometimes you can't change things straight away, but, Mm -hmm. but deciding that maybe you do, you know, maybe you need to leave that person or maybe you need to really have to change that job.
0: I mean, with a toxic relationship, that's something to think about, you know, what are you worthy of? And it can feel scary for people, especially when familiarity becomes a sense of comfort, even though it's not ideal, it's not a loving or warm or supportive relationship. Perhaps older traumas and stories are playing out where they're too scared to be single. They're too scared to do it on their own. And taking the time pressure off because I'm not telling anyone to just hurry up and get out of this toxic relationship, but realizing that there is another way to do this. I'm not sure how that lands with people, but really being honest with yourself and thinking, is this what I would want for my daughter? Is this what I would want for my best friend? Why is it that I'm settling for this kind of mistreatment? Mm. And then with a job that you hate, Flipping the story, thinking about, okay, this is temporary or, you know, there are certain aspects of this job that I actually like. What can I focus on while I'm making moves to something else? And kind of, mm-hmm. yeah, thinking about it in terms of a stepping stone as opposed to this dead end or, you know, this is just the way it is. Mm-hmm. I always want to question, well, what if that's not the way it is? What if there is something in this situation that's outable? But yeah. I mean, for you, with do you notice that the biggest stressors seem to be toxic relationships and jobs that people hate? What yeah, are the I things think like,
1: yeah, relationships with kids or partners or, you know, like they're just yeah doing too much or work, they hate their work. So like their purpose, not their purpose, but, you know, their job. What do you find too?
0: You know, I guess in most of the people I talk to, they're so stressed out by how sick they are and it's kind of this inescapable stress they're like I can't do anything I love I can't train I can't I can't move ahead in life because my physical body is so sick but what's similar in all these scenarios is that it's our it's our thinking about it that makes it that much more stressful because say someone really hates their job someone else could look at that scenario and and turn it into something comedic and think you know just Over the top, making fun of how ridiculously terrible this job is, which would then land differently in the body because hate, I mean, hate is such a stressful feeling. I would say hate, anger, resentment, dread that, I mean, I can't think of a faster way to stress out the nervous system than to have those stories on loop. So if you can't leave that job immediately, if you can't leave this relationship immediately, can you change the way you think
1: about it in the meantime? Hmm. Yeah, that's good. Um, and then do you want to talk about, because you sort of briefly touched on it, like some of the strategies. Like let's say, okay, you can't change it right now or, you know, your life is probably, you know, how can you um I guess not obsessively think about it or or change mm-hmm. the way, change the stories or the you know, talk about the breathing, the tapping, some things that you can do to help?
0: Yeah. So I think to start, the framework would be to really let out exactly how you feel about it. So say, say it a relationship that really is not serving you. And tapping is, I mean, that's when we'd be going over the phrases in terms of, yeah, I mean, this person makes me feel awful. I don't feel supported by them. I da 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 da. I mean, I'm not gonna <laughs> people can fill in the blank given what they're experiencing. But then starting to notice, okay, well, how do you want
1: to feel about this person? How do you want
0: to feel about this relationship?
1: Can I just ask you a quick question, just relating back to talking about how you actually feel about something? Do you Mm -hmm. think that's important? Like sometimes I've found in the past that I try and like not acknowledge, like you acknowledge, but you try to make yourself feel better rather than just going like sitting in it and saying, I just really (sighs) feel like this about, do you think lots of people do that?
0: Absolutely,
1: because we... Are so uncomfortable
0: with not feeling the way we want to feel that mm. it almost creates more of that urgency to hurry up and feel better versus. Mm. So, I mean, kind of like what we were touching on before say someone is at a body weight that they're not happy with and all they want is to feel, all they want is to lose weight. Let's start with how you feel about your body and really, like you said, sit in it for a moment. And, and like, then, be honest,
1: be honest. Hey, really like, be honest. Really be honest. Yeah.
0: Yes. And then think about, well, how does your body feel? So you're thinking, I hate my body. It's let me down. It's taking too long. It's not responding. I'm doing everything right. And it's still da, 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 da. How does your body feel right now? And some people, when I ask them that question, they pause and and it's kind of this this gasping moment where they're realizing, oh my gosh, I've been attacking my body this entire time when It's been this innocent bystander trying to keep me alive, trying to keep me functioning. And here I have, here I've been attacking it. And, you know, one of the, another reframe that people seem to really resonate with would be, you know, what would you say to your best friend right now? If your best friend were in this stressful situation, what would you offer them? And most people know right away, that it's support, it's encouragement, sometimes even just listening and not even trying to fix or change what's happening. And that softens the situation. And then sometimes the solution kind of presents itself. But you know, you could put that under the framework of tapping, but I think it's also just being willing to slow down and think about, okay, well, what's what's really happening here? Do I actually hate my body? Is my body really letting me down? Or have I been the one attacking my body and the, and my body's just been kind of in, stuck in this fearful state waiting for me to be less abusive to
1: it? Mm, mm, yeah, I think it, it really does. Have, just really acknowledging and being so honest mm-hmm. and just feeling it. Yeah,
0: And I think with that too, some people are so scared to be honest. Back to the Ooh. conditioning, maybe we were honest in the past and people didn't like it. Maybe Mm. it scared people or, you know, you lost certain relationships by being honest, but we have a choice. And I think when it comes to living an authentic life, it's that honesty that will actually allow us to then figure out, well, if I have a certain amount of time here, how is it that back to the feeling? How is it that I want to feel as I move about the day? How Mm. do I want to feel when I look back on this year of my life?
1: Mm.
0: Just ideas.
1: Mm. No, that's awesome. Sorry, and then keep going. I just thought that was a really important part because I even know for myself, like I'll sometimes try and push over the feelings and just like want to feel better and convince myself rather than just go, I just feel shit about this. Yes. And this is honestly how I feel and just acknowledge yeah. that's okay.
0: Well, and it's if we're trying to fix something, we've made the assumption that it's broken versus, mm-hmm. okay, I feel like shit right now and that's okay. And I'm just going to feel the way I feel and sometimes like you i know you're laughing but sometimes just stating what is honest it, and real yeah.
1: and you move then past it. Yeah. the
0: nervous system says thank you for acknowledging and validating me mm. now we can start to shift things but i mean mm. if we're trying to force ourselves to yeah hurry up and Get feel over differently it. Yeah. we've created another stressful state so it's kind of looking at the nature of stress and even thinking what does it feel like in the body like if you had a a three-year-old and they're crying and they're having a hard time and you're yelling at them, get over it, calm down, you know, all of these things that wouldn't help the situation. And that's what we end up doing to ourselves more often than not when we're trying to avoid feeling a certain way. Mm. So absolutely the allowing and, and getting curious about the feeling I think is a big one too, if it's not wrong. And in fact, it's part of being human to feel all sorts of ways Okay, let's just look at this. Oh, interesting. I'm feeling really stressed out, and I'm feeling overwhelmed, and I feel like I don't have time for myself. Okay, interesting. What's that feel like? Am I clenching my belly? Am I thinking about all of my all of the things I need to do? Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. And then by doing that, you're starting to get a sense of how your brain and body are mm-hmm. communicating back and forth. Yep. And I love that too, because then we have another opportunity to think, well, okay, this thought pattern isn't there serving me. Trying to feel better isn't serving me. If I can just sit with what is and not make it a big deal, eventually those feelings change on their own. So it's kind of a more patient and passive way of of working with the brain.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. So step one is acknowledging the mm-hmm. feelings. Yeah. Then mm-hmm. what can you do?
0: Step two would be thinking, well, how do you feel about the feeling? So how do you feel about the fact that you are stressed out? And most often it's tied up with these stories of, well, I'm frustrated that I am not more resilient. I'm upset that I've always been this way. I blame my dad for treating me this way. And that's how, you know, I am the way I am because it's his fault. Okay. More of that honesty. But again, it's kind of this, (laughs) I'm feeling this way about the sensation I'm in. And then- Back to the third step would be, well, what's next? Given where you are, given what you've expressed, how do you want to move through this? If it's not about fighting and struggling and forcing your way through this, what is it that you will be proud to have done? How do you want to look back on this? And I I tend to do a lot of of end-of-life reflection because it it helps people a lot when they realize, oh my gosh, I don't want to be this stressed-out, militant, hyper-serious angry person. I want to look back on my life and think of all the moments where I laughed it off, all the moments where I let it go, or I took a deep breath and saw that the house was a mess, but danced with my kids in the kitchen while we, you know, made tacos together that that can help direct us towards what is truly important to us. Mm -hmm. And the beautiful bonus is that we feel better. The nervous system regulates itself. So we, I mean, you could just say you're learning how to be more intentional and how to be yeah. a better version of yourself mm. moment to moment, not perfectly, but without, without the sense of forcing mm. Does that, how to, does that sum it up well? Yeah, I think that's so. The and
1: steps. then, um, the breath, like, can you talk more specifically about the breath work?
0: Yes. So n- without making it too intense, it's when we have an exhale, that's longer than the inhale that's going to shift us into a more parasympathetic state and vice versa is true. If we're taking a longer inhale and then a short exhale, that can actually give us a little bit more energy because it shifts us more into the sympathetic, more stress-based. And maybe just quickly
1: describe what the, just in case someone doesn't know what those two yes. things are, like the two nervous systems. Can you talk about that? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry.
0: So if we were to look at a diagram and and people can feel this out, the last time you were feeling just on edge, like ready to mobilize, ready to ready to react, ready to run, ready to fight, you might notice that you're warmer. You're feeling a little bit agitated. You're feeling irritable. Your eyes, your pupils might even be dilated. Blood is flowing away from your internal organs and to your limbs because again, you're about to mobilize. That's the classic sympathetic state. And there are blended states just to just for our listeners to know. It's not so black and white. But a more parasympathetic state, it's mostly described in ideal terms as a, as a place of rest, digest, relaxation, good sleep, good bowel movements. But we also don't want to be overly parasympathetic and we do not want to be parasympathetic all of the time. That would be the worst time to try and, you know... That have a personal record on a heavy squat. You need to be able to shift in and out of these states. And I think, again, it's kind of noticing, well, what's your baseline and and where do you need some support? If you're always depleted, always exhausted, overly parasympathetic, just wiped out. Okay. Let's, let's boost you up a little bit. Let's take some longer inhales, some shorter exhales, move your body around, you know, really Really bring some energy back into the body, and see what that does for you. If you're already up there, that's back to the breathing of slowing down that exhale. Let's down regulate you just a little bit. You don't need to be running on pure
1: adrenaline and pure cortisol. I think most people would realize
0: it's not very
1: sustainable. Mm. Okay, awesome. Okay, now the breath work. So, as an example, you you could just do like four four in and then eight out. So you could just sit there uh, one, two, three, four, and then slowly breathe out. Like that's what I do at night before I go to bed yes. when I sit in my red line. It really relaxes me.
0: Yes. And for a more balanced state, say someone's like, well, I don't really know if I'm hyper or hypo. I kind of feel anxious and tired. Then just a box breath would be really mm-hmm. beautiful. And it's kind of like four breaths in or a count of four in, hold for four, out for four hold for four and that can bring people back to a place where they feel like they can take action, but it's not from a place of stress, Mm. but it's also not from a place of complete pushing and just, you know, forcing Mm. yourself through the day. But I think, yeah, the four in and the eight out is the simplest because, Mm. you know, yeah, you can do that in bed, just relaxing. I find it so relaxing. Mm.
1: It's so good.
0: And you might even notice in some of our listeners today too, do you ever get gurgles in your belly when you're doing that? I don't know. No.
1: Pay attention. I'm, yeah. I'm curious. Yeah, i think about it next time. Yeah, yeah. That
0: can be a really good sign that you are shifting into a more regulated state. Mm. And something that I've come across recently, um, thanks to Dr. Huberman, he has a pretty well-known health podcast, but non-sleep deep rest or yoga nidra is another tool I'm very passionate about right now. And a lot of people find it that they can't meditate because it's just their mind's too crazy. It just feels way more stressful to try and sit and meditate than it would be to just keep doing what they're doing. Um, But non-sleep deep rest is different in the sense that it's actually intentionally trying to let the brain get distracted and lost. And in doing so, you end up relaxing, sometimes even falling asleep. So that's been a really amazing tool for people that maybe aren't sleeping well. Maybe again, they're like, I can't, I can't cut anything out. I am busy. I've got kids. I've got to do this. And maybe they're waking up in the middle of the night, even when they're eating their snacks and they're having a hard time, non-sleep deep rest, probably after lunch, like in the when they would normally get an afternoon slump, yeah. that can be game changing for people. And what they notice is that they're less stress reactive later in the day. And by taking 20 minutes and, you know, around three o'clock, They just feel more capable the rest of the day. They're in a better mood. They're all of the things that normally feel like they're draining them don't feel so relevant anymore.
1: Mm. Oh, that's so interesting. Maybe I'll have to get you back on again to talk about that specific. (laughs) Sounds really interesting.
0: I'm no expert, but I think it, I mean, it's been used for thousands of years. I think when most people refer to it as yoga nidra, but it's really just deep relaxation of the body. And it's pretty profound. The clinical trials are showing that. It can replace lost sleep.
1: It can lower
0: cortisol levels, similar to tapping actually. Um, And I mean, those two things combined are incredible because for most of us, it's the lack of sleep and the high cortisol levels that are eating away at our tissues and our muscles. So if we can sneakily intervene in the middle of the day, that makes us more resilient and that's going to help our recovery.
1: Wow. Amazing. We have to maybe send me a link that I can include in podcast notes, and then maybe we can do another episode on that. It sounds you got to get Dr. Huberman on the lab yeah.
0: <laughs> or on the podcast. Yeah. That's where I, I originally learned it from. And it's it's been one of those things where I realized, wow, I mean, there are so many tools out there too. So people mm-hmm. listening, if they're feeling overwhelmed with all of the things, you know, should I do a castor oil pack? Should I get a red light? Do I need to, you know, do more zone two cardio? Do I need to be mm-hmm. doing these box breathings? If that's causing more stress, again, let's scale it back and think about, well, what actually feels what feels like it would be fun right now. And if yeah. if it's putting on a 20 minute non-sleep deep rest and having that be your self-care, beautiful, yeah. that's enough.
1: Yeah, I love it, I love it. Um, and is there anything else do you think that we haven't covered that you wanted to add before we finish up?
0: So we've got the foundation of food and movement. We're assuming that people are in healthy relationships, they're getting sunlight. You know, circadian rhythm is a yeah. big one too. And I know you've posted a lot about this and you get your morning walks and, you know, your um, sunlight. But I think a lot of people that have chronic issues or just not feeling their best, prioritizing the morning sunlight can be game changing. mm -hmm. And I would say it's probably like, as long as you're getting like five to 10 minutes before 10 o'clock, that would be ideal. But the goal is to, literally be outside, not through windows, not through sunglasses, because what's unique about that morning light is that it's actually setting into rhythm other cascades that will then impact your energy, your dopamine levels, your ability to focus, and then your ability to fall asleep that same night. So Mm. I think that's another easily overlooked thing that we can do to just keep ourselves regulated because we don't want to get to the place where we are so stressed out, where it feels like, we are just desperate to find a sense of peace. We want to be setting up frameworks that the body can naturally regulate itself. And of course, there's going to be stressors, or yeah. of course, there's going to be.
1: This makes happening. you more resilient to the stress, I think, when it happens. Yes. Yeah, and I, you know, and
0: back to yeah. kind of our true nature: like we are meant to move. We're meant to be mm. exposed to light, even normal or optimal vitamin D levels. That's going to yeah. have an anti, a, anti-stress anti-inflammatory effect on the entire body mm. which means our thoughts are going to be m- more in alignment maybe more hopeful we'll feel mm. more capable so it's everything feeding into everything
1: mm. yeah that's perfect that's just i thought i should we do a podcast just on sunlight that'd be a mm. good one you know it's mm-hmm. like simple things but um no, that was awesome. Thanks again, Teresa, for coming on. Yeah. And uh I'll then get the link from this. for you about that, the guy the that we just talked about, Dr. Huberman. Mm-hmm. I'll put that in the show notes. I'll put um mm-hmm. Teresa's uh Instagram handle so she's got you can go there and see all her courses and things that she does. Um mm-hmm. and yeah, if you're new to us to following us or you've been here for a while and you just haven't done anything uh yet, don't forget about our seven-day eat more, train less, get results um challenge. So um basically something that we develop for women who want sustainable results without you know drastically cutting calories and carbs and all the delicious things that the fitness industry tells you that you you shouldn't eat um and you know unlike other programs that you'll find online it's a holistic approach so it provides you with everything you need for long-term success better energy better moods better sleep better digestion balanced hormones and of course long-term sustainable weight loss or body composition change so in the seven day challenge you get a full meal plan a workout plan for home and the gym with full video exercise libraries to support it, metabolically supportive recipes, um, meal plan, supplement guide, direct support in a private community. Um, and most importantly, just the education on um, why. So I'll pop a link in the show notes for that. It's $27 cheap. It's a bargain um, Australian dollars, and you can do it anywhere in the world. We've got women all over the world um, mm-hmm. in our, in our programs.
0: And that's mm. another thing that might help rhythm, community, knowledge. Mm. I mean, having things to lean on and realizing you don't have to do it all on your own mm. and knowing that you can get support. And I think that in and of itself is another one of these foundations. So yeah. you summed it up beautifully, Kitty.
1: Perfect. Well, thanks again, Teresa. And um, yeah, we'll book something in again soon because you've just got so much knowledge and I love having you on the podcast.
0: Likewise. I like being on. It's a little <laughs> boost in my evening every time. <laughs> Thanks.